unencumbered by political correctness, undeterred in her mission to spread the truth, unafraid to be a true conservative. She's unapologetic, uncompromising, unwavering, and an undeniably powerful voice when we need it most. This is my fight song. This is Rose Unplugged. My power's turned Welcome to this episode of Rose Unplugged, One Nation Under God. That's what we're going to talk about. Before we get started, I want to say thank you to my sponsors, and they are MyPillow. If you go to MyPillow.com, you can get up to 66% off if you use promo code ROSE. MyPillow.com, up to 66% off, promo code ROSE. And I have a new sponsor, and I am asking you to please support her. She is an entrepreneur. She is a patriot. She is a Christian. She supports only those people that do what I'm doing. So I ask that you would support her. And she is hemplily.com, H-E-M-P-L-I-L-Y.com. If you go there and put in promo code ROSE, you can get 25% off. I use her products. They are safe. They are effective, especially because when I go to bed sometimes at night, the one particular one I like um, would be the gummies because it just takes that edge off, the anxiety, and I can get a great night's sleep. Great products. I use the moisturizer all the time, and I just, I adore her products, hemplily.com. All right, so let's talk about One Nation Under God. I mean, what does that look like? Does Does it look the same now as it once did? When those who discovered this country, when those who formed this country, when those who established this country, when they... They did so on the foundation of godly principles. Does it look the same now as it once did? And if we are under God now, those of us who desire to live that way, I think that we can be honest and we can say that we recognize that as we live under God, personally, we can at least be honest that the country no longer recognizes godly principles. Because you and I, I believe, are living less and less in the natural and more in the spiritual. But if we're truly honest with ourselves, we can say that there is something very wrong with the natural world right now. When we look just at our nation, just zero in on this nation, we have to admit That a nation that kills babies, that takes organs or tissues from aborted babies born alive for obscene scientific experiments, which are barbaric and evil at its very core. I give you, for example, the University of Pittsburgh and other universities in this country. When we are a nation that participates in child trafficking, And we are a nation that is one of the leaders in pornography production. These are not attributes of a country under God. No. And even beyond that, when you think about the censorship, the division, the evil being tagged as good, while good, particularly those who love the republic, love life, and want to keep this nation and its people free, we are labeled as bad. Things are very upside down right now. And if we're honest, when we assess the state of affairs in this country alone, we must admit 
that it has become something quite different than its original intent. And yet, here you are, here I am, in probably the most interesting, scary, frustrating time of U.S. history. Do you think it's a coincidence that you and that I should be here right now? I think if you're honest with yourself, you are starting to realize that it isn't a coincidence. That you know in your heart that there is some special purpose for your life and some special contribution that you are to make to saving and preserving this country. So what do we do about it? Are you even ready for what it is that you need to do about it? And those of you who listen to this podcast have so much in common with me. I know that you do. You've been made to feel ashamed of, of say, the way that you voted in the last presidential election. Afraid to say that you're a patriot. Because they have made you feel that way. And that is by design. And by the way, when you vote for a president, you aren't voting for the perfect man or woman. You're not voting for someone who is without any sin. You are voting for that man or woman who will uphold the things that you hold dear. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, godly principles. That is who you are voting for. But yet, we have been made to feel ashamed of all of those things. Who we voted for, if we are a patriot, if we say we love this country, we want to preserve the republic, we are labeled So, what do we do now that we find ourselves, our nation, in this hot mess that it is? When it feels like at times that the glory of the Lord has departed. There are ways we can put the glory of God back on display. Are you interested? Because I want to tell you something, whether you know it or not, and I I find this very interesting, because there have been some huge spiritual events that have occurred in this country, in this country alone. Huge spiritual events when our country most needed it. One of the first greatest spiritual event was the Great Awakening, which came before and had to come before the Revolutionary War because that Great Awakening, the platform of that spiritual revival, had everything to do with freedom, It had everything to do with getting out from under censorship, from oppression, from tyranny. It had everything to do with freedom. And those people during that time recognized that their freedom came from God and God alone. Because if it came from men, as they have experienced in Europe and other places, then it could be taken away from them by men as they experienced in Europe and other places. But no, these people understood that freedom, freedom is given to us by God and God alone, that we are born free. And see, what happened before the Revolutionary War was this great spiritual awakening, an awakening that reminded people that it was God that gave them their freedom. That that is what they were purposed to do, to live free, to worship freely, to speak freely. 
And it was the pulpits that reminded those people. It was this huge wave of spirituality that went through, that swept through this nation. Others who had visited had even commented on it. It was huge. And without it, we probably would not have had the stomach for, the, the resolve for the Revolutionary War. And yet, and yet we did. Because the pulpits reminded us, the preachers reminded us, there was a huge spiritual awakening. People recognized that they were at a, a turning point in their lives and in the future of the country that they were beginning to love so very much because you know why they had a taste of freedom. It's like when your parents used to go out. Remember this? And you had a babysitter or, or when one of you was old enough to kind of watch the rest of you. Not really that old, but old enough. And, you know, your parents might buy you, you know, my parents bought us some special candies that we liked and we were allowed to drink soda on those evenings, right? That was the only time. And we had this taste of freedom. It didn't last forever because the parents were coming back. But we had that taste of freedom, of independence. Oh, did we love that? Oh, did we savor it? Oh, it was magnificent. Those who came to this country, those who were establishing this country, those brave people that made their way to the new world, they had, even though the colonists, the colonists were still under tyrannical rule across the ocean. They were still under it. But in many ways, they were tasting that freedom. They were getting a feel for what that might be like. And let me tell you something, as colonists, they still couldn't speak their minds because it would be considered an assault against the king. And there was a punishment for that. So there was censorship then. But being that far away, there were times they felt that freedom. They understood it. They were tasting it. And it tasted good. And so at the time, then you've got this spiritual revival happening. It was magnificent, people. People were coming to the Lord, one right after the other, left and right. They were coming to follow God, to give their lives over to something greater. That is what happened before we were able to fight for and establish freedom in this country. Fast forward. Did you know that the the abolishment of slavery, the idea of that. Of course, it was a long time in the making and people knew, many people knew it was wrong. But there was another spiritual awakening around the time of the women's suffrage movement, around the time that you were seeing these underground railroads and and an attempt to free slaves. Did you know that a spiritual awakening happened around that time, whose platform was that all men were created equal. And that is what led others to fight for the freedom of those who were enslaved in this country. It was a spiritual revival that produced that. And at the time, while that was happening, a couple of women thought, wait a minute, They were working on abolishing slavery. They were working on freeing slaves. Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cody, they were working on this. And then it occurred to them, we do believe that all men are created equal. That is why we are so committed 
to the abolishment of slavery. But wait a minute. If all men are created equal, so are women. And thus began the suffrage movement. There have always been huge spiritual movements in our country alone that came before great, great events. Right now, I want to tell you, you may not see it, it may not be on the same scale, or it may not be as visible. But when I talk to pastors all across this country, I am told that they are witnessing a great revival, that people are coming to the churches in droves. People are getting baptized. They're committing their lives to Jesus. There's a reason for this because they look around and they say, I do not see one nation under God any longer. I do not see the attributes of a fabulous country, a God-blessed country any longer. I see division. I see evil being tagged as good. I see censorship. I see labels on those who believe in good. People understand what is happening here. The economy, COVID, they are going to church. They are being baptized. They are giving their lives to Jesus in great numbers all across this country. California, believe it or not, is seeing some of the greatest numbers in new believers. There's a reason for this. There is a reason for this. When you look at what has happened in less than a year in this country, our borders, our economy, abortion, all of those things that this administration is doing to destroy the country and the foundation of this country. Your freedoms are being taken away from you. If you do not have that, what have you got? And that's in less than a year. God knows what's coming in the next three. That is why I think you are seeing a spiritual awakening. That is why I believe people are waking up and saying, wait a minute, this is bigger than me. This is huge. This is spiritual. And I want to talk to you about that in a way too. There are ways that we can put the glory of God back on display. The first one is by confessing our sins because when we do that, he is glorified. The glory of God is made evident because we are saying that he is righteous. Only he. Then we forgive others and we trust God and we produce fruit and we give thanks Thanks for the life that he has given us. And we pray. We must understand that we find ourselves now in the middle of a huge spiritual battle. I know that you can feel it. Even if you couldn't identify it, you feel something, don't you? In Ephesians, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. This struggle, my friends, right now, this battle that you sense going on, this craziness that is happening, is not natural. It is not physical. It is every bit spiritual. And it's happened before in this nation. You need to identify that. You need to recognize that. And you need to say, okay, what am I going to do about it? One of the first things I know is that so many have been downtrodden because they have been attacked for their beliefs, political beliefs, which, by the way, as a conservative, most definitely line up 
with godly principles. I'm just going to say it. It's the truth. So Paul tells us that our battles, more than ever right now, are not physical battles, but rather spiritual. And it's important to understand that because the weapons of your warfare are not physical, they are spiritual. We aren't really fighting people. I mean, sure, they're being used in this battle, but truly in the end, it is sin that we are fighting. Think about that. Those things that are rapidly changing the scope of our country. This is a battle that goes beyond what you can see, what you can feel. It goes beyond the tangible. There's a preacher, and I love, I'm not going to give his name because I think that he is doing such a great job of not positioning himself, although I have admiration too for those pastors, and I pray for them, that are unafraid to talk about Scripture and the course that this nation has taken under the wrong leadership. But there is a preacher who once preached about Paul and his companions. Paul and Silas were in Philippi, and they're walking through the crowds, and there was a woman there who was shouting. She was walking ahead of them. And she followed Paul and Silas and the rest of them, and she kept shouting, these men, it's these men who are the servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, what she was saying was true. But what she was known as was a seer. She was known by some to be crazy. So while this crazy woman is saying what is true, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. It became annoying and embarrassing for Paul and Silas and the others because she was doing it for many days, the Bible says. Now, think about that. You have got someone, you are on a mission, baby. Okay, you're on a mission. And you've got this crazy woman walking ahead of you. What she's saying is true, but the way she's doing it is crazy. And she's causing more trouble and attention in the wrong way. Now, Let's say something like that happened to you and I right now today. You know what you would do. I know what I would do. I would say, shut the heck up. And I might use some words I shouldn't use, okay? Or I might wish she would go away. Just go away, God. Why don't you just take her away? Remove her. Stop embarrassing us with her. Please, God, where are you? Do something about this woman. So for days, it said she was doing this. And for days, Paul was annoyed. And, and, and the scripture says, finally, Paul became so annoyed. So if that means he was already annoyed. And you could just imagine him responding physically like you and I would because he's, he's every bit the same as you and I are. And he would think, get away from me. Get her out of here. Why don't you shut her up, God? Shut the heck up, lady. You know, you're thinking all of this. You're praying in that way. And then suddenly, suddenly, many days later, it occurs to him. And he became so annoyed that he turned around and he said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her, the Bible says. So what does that mean? It means that finally, after all of those days, Paul recognized this not as a physical battle, but a spiritual battle. And because it was a spiritual battle, he needed to approach it and fight it spiritually, not physically. So right now, what you and I are going for, are going against, are experiencing all of this negativity, all of this disparaging of uh, uh, conservatism, Christianity, patriotism, 
all of that that is being disparaged by the left, that's a physical attack, seemingly, right? But it isn't. Yes, people are being used to do it. It does seem like it's physical, but I am here to tell you it is not. It is a spiritual attack on what is right, what is good, what we believe in, what this country was founded upon. It is not a physical battle. It is a spiritual battle. So what do you do with that? What do you do? What are your weapons of warfare if this is a spiritual battle? Your weapons are prayer. And this is going to seem crazy and it may seem difficult for you to do, but I do this now. I used to be upset by those who would disparage me. That gave me a hard time. Listen, doing this, what I do for as long as I have, I've had that, the attacks, the disparaging remarks. But you know what I started doing? I started praying for those people that make those attacks, that make those remarks. I pray for them. And it may seem hard, but I'm telling you, the way you fight this is spiritually, and you start with prayer. I mean, there are so many other things we need to do. Of course, get involved, um, be active, speak out, be unafraid. But you know where you start? You start on your knees and you pray. Because you know what? It may not change them. But let me tell you something. God purposed that all of us would be saved, that none would be lost. No, not one perish. We need to have the heart of God. What they are doing is evil, but we need to separate that. We need to look at them and say, this is someone that we don't want to see perish because God doesn't want them to perish. And then you know what? It's up to God and them how they work things out. And, and, and they may never change their ways, but it does change you. That prayer changes you. Because then you're not bogged down by fear. You're not bogged down by irritation like Paul was. You're not frustrated. You don't care. You don't care what they're doing and what they are saying and how they may ridicule you or persecute you. You don't care. Because something changes in your heart when you start to pray for others. You know, you've heard it said that we suffer for Christ, for the gospel. But I believe that we now also suffer for the love of country, a country that God has given us. C.S. Lewis once said, good people, you are good. Know about both good and evil. You know, good people know about both good and evil. But Lewis also said, bad people do not know about either. Thank you for listening to Rose Unplugged. This episode is brought to you by HempLily.com, 25% off, promo code ROSE, and MyPillow.com, up to 66% off, promo code ROSE. Thank you for listening. Stay with us, and please, please support my sponsors. God bless you. This episode of Rose Unplugged is brought to you by MyPillow. Look, I've known Mike Lindell for a very long time. You know him as someone who is unafraid to stand up for the Republic. And so I ask that you stand up for him and visit MyPillow.com. Listen, I have got their sheets, the Giza sheets. It's like a dream. And you do dream very nicely on the Giza sheets and the MyPillows, of course. And they've got the dog beds. 
my my buddy Tucker has got a MyPillow dog bed and he loves it. Listen, there's so much there at MyPillow.com. All you need to do is go there and when you order something, plug in ROSE in the promo code area and you will get up to 66% off on some items. So go to MyPillow.com, put in promo code ROSE. Thank you for supporting MyPillow as they support me. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hemp Lily, your journey more joyful. Hemp Lily helps women in menopause find harmony and balance again, naturally. Use code ROSE for 25% off your entire first order at hemplily.com, hemplily.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hemp Lily, your journey more joyful. Hemp Lily helps women with changing bodies find harmony and balance again with products infused with the amazing hemp plant. You can find them at hemplily.com. If you're going through peri or menopause and you're looking for safe and natural alternatives for symptom relief, give Hemp Lily a try. In their recent menopause study, over 73% of participants found relief in six or more areas. They offer free lifetime consultations and a money back guarantee. Use code ROSE for 25% off your entire first order at hemplily.com. The Rose Unplugged podcast is brought to you on behalf of millions of listeners and patriots. It is produced by Rose Tennant and Jumpstart Strategies with sound design by Justin Corbin.